Good morning, Faith Community Church. I'm Clint here with a devotional in 1 Thessalonians. We are in chapter 4. This is the second to last chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. And in this letter, um, in this chapter of the letter, he's talking to them about their sanctification and how they're living. Um, And he relays the importance of continuing to do what they're doing, but also that they don't coast, that they don't um, get lazy because that's when, uh, that's when Satan, that's when our flesh starts to creep in and starts to take over, uh, little by little when we don't actively pursue God. Um, and so in the beginning of this chapter right here, he talks about, um, encouraging them saying that, uh, that you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, do this even more for you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. And so he's saying, um, you already know the instruction that we've given you and you're doing it. Do it more. Keep doing it. Make sure that you're not going to be coasting. Make sure that you're um, that you're not getting lazy and just kind of staying lukewarm, as it were. Because sanctification is, is a process of growth. Sanctification is not uh, a stagnant, like, <laughs> doing nothing like zero growth whatsoever. That's not what sanctification is. Sanctification is growing in our relationship with God. If if we're not growing, we are, we're declining. We're not, there's no this, there's no flat line here. It's just up or it's going to be down. And so if you're not pursuing Christ, if you're not drawing near to him, then eventually something else is going to creep its way onto the throne of your heart. And so he talks about sanctification. Then he mentions very specifically sexual immorality and keeping control of your body. And I think this is one of the biggest ways that people slip when they don't uh, when they don't actively pursue God, when they're not growing in sanctification. It's one of those quick things that if you're not ready, if you're not on the attack against sin, sin is going to attack you. And so he talks about um, controlling your own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you, for God has not called uh, us. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you His Holy Spirit. And so Paul makes this comparison here, or this uh, um, trying to keep keep things in focus here, where we're not just tunneling on one thing. That like, don't do this sin, but um, like, keep control of your body. Keep the scope keep the scope wide here that like, if you're just focusing on not doing a specific sin, you're not really growing. If you're focused on growing your relationship with God, underneath that umbrella of growing your relationship with him, if you're spending time in the word with him, if you are talking to him, then that's the fight against the sin. You don't fight sin by saying, I'm going to go out and fight sin. You fight sin by growing your relationship with the Lord who enables you, gives you strength to control your body in those ways. And then he kind of comes back to keep doing what you're doing in the latter part of this chapter about brotherly love. You don't need me to write to you because you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. In fact, you are doing this toward all the brothers and sisters in the entire region of Macedonia. And he goes on to talk about leading a quiet life and being an example to others with 
your life. And so there have been some arguments about this passage when it comes to the leading the quiet life. Um, I know a lot of people who are like very outspoken on social media. There's people that we know that are very opinionated. You could be very opinionated. I'm actually very opinionated on some things. It could depend on the subject, but... Um, when people say, when it says lead a quiet life, it doesn't necessarily mean keep your mouth shut, right? We're not called to do that. We're called to share the gospel. We're called to be bold, right? So what does it mean to lead a quiet life, but also be bold in Christ and sharing the gospel? What what he means here by leading the quiet life is, uh, is grow in godliness when you are at home. And when you are at home doing chores, taking care of the house, doing your average everyday stuff, you have to know that you are still on a, uh, you're still under a microscope by your neighbors, by anybody who sees you. When, when um, any kind of inquiry about your life comes at you, you need to be able to say, I'm a good like I'm a good and faithful servant. I want to pursue the Lord and I, and I do the things that he wants me to do. And so God calling us to lead a quiet life, but also speak boldly in Christ is, um, is just be an example with your life, not necessarily just when you go to church and fellowship with other believers. Be an example in doing your everyday job. Be an example in your interaction with your family. Be an example when you're mowing your lawn, when you're tending your garden, when you're watering, when you're, um, you know, whatever you're doing around the house, uh, when you go to the store, when you go to your kid's sports game, like what it means by living a quiet life here is, is lead a life where people can just observe you without you even speaking and you being an example uh, of what it means to be one of God's children. Now, it doesn't say don't speak, but it just, what that means is, is, is back up your belief, back up your, uh, back up the gospel with your life. Uh, and don't just be a Christian on Sundays. Don't just be a Christian at youth group or when you're at Bible study or anything like that. So, um, Lastly, I wanted to go back and hit this uh, control of your body, uh, having self-control. Self-control comes when you, uh, again, when you are pursuing God. It's I, We might have heard the analogy before that like you have two dogs, and the one that you feed is the one that's going to win. So if you feed your body, if you feed your lusts, then your lust is most likely going to win over the I haven't read scripture in a long time. Uh, I don't spend very much time in it. I don't really talk to God all that much. And so you get into this rut of of helplessness where you think, where you act like you are a slave to sin again, when really that's not true. The, the problem I have with that analogy is that um, to feed a dog for them to grow, for it to grow big and buff takes a long time. But God's word does not work slowly. If you, if you are intentional and uh, pursuant of Christ and you, uh, you soften your heart and you prioritize the things you need to prioritize, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You will start making better decisions. You will stop grieving the Holy Spirit um, and you will, you will rely on the Lord more than you're relying on your own flesh and things. So... When, it's, when it talks about uh, how to control your own bo- body in holiness and in honor, think about all the ways that you don't have self-control, not even in these big areas, as it were. Have self-control in the little things. 
have self-control when you're at the store and, you know, never go shopping when you're hungry, right? Can you go shopping when you're hungry and still get only what you need on your list? Um, can you, uh, is there a subject that you're passionate about that, um, when somebody says something contrary to what you believe on that subject, can you have a civil conversation with that person rather than outbursting against them? Or can you not speak ill of someone that has wronged you, even though you said you already forgave them? Like your, your closest confidant, when you talk to them about other people, I mean, are you talking, are you talking gossip about other people? Are you talking uh, ill of other people, even if you've already forgiven them? Because you can say you've forgiven someone and you might not have forgiven them in your heart and you don't have the self-control to, uh, to save that person's reputation to people that you would be talking to. So those are some ways that you can practice having self-control. Practicing having self-control in small areas will help you in your self-control against the big areas, but that's not that's not the whole pie. The whole pie is grow your relationship with God. And we say it time and time again throughout all these devotionals, read God's word, enjoy God's word, be excited about God's word because it is truth. It's the ultimate standard of truth. It's God's love letter to us. And we cannot read it enough. We cannot study it enough. The deepest, um, it is so deep that even the, the world's greatest scholars can't reach the depths of God's Word. So if you think that you know enough about it, um, you know all the stories, and you know what God says, read it again. I can guarantee you, every time you read Scripture, you will find something new if you are searching for wisdom, searching for understanding in God's Word. Pray, ask that God will help you have understanding. Pray that God will help you have self-control um, over all the areas of your life. Um, hope you enjoyed this devotional. We will see you on Monday with First Thessalonians 5. Thanks.